Let's pray together. God, we pray in the name of Jesus. Father, that you would truly raise up a generation of people who know how to pray. Lord, nothing gets done without prayer. Lord, nothing, nothing. And Lord, I pray today for all those that have been praying, Lord, for years. I pray for those, Lord, that have been praying for their children. Lord, I pray for those that have been praying for their marriage, Lord. Standing, Lord, for their marriage, Lord. Standing in the gap, Lord. Praying and never giving up, Lord God. Lord, sometimes they get tired, Lord, but then you give them strength in the Holy Spirit to keep praying and keep praying, Lord. God, I pray for those that are praying for healing in their body, Lord. God, they've been believing, Lord, yet by your stripes, they are healed, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I know that you answer healing prayers 100% of the time, Lord God. Lord, I believe that with all my heart, Father God, that a Christian, Lord, will be healed, Lord God. Lord, if not on this side of eternity, on the other side of eternity, 100% of the time, you heal everyone, Lord God, because by your stripes, we were healed, Father. Lord, it's your timing. It's your way, Father God. But we trust you and we believe you, Lord God, that, Lord, even if we fall asleep, Lord God, even if our body falls asleep, we will wake up in eternity healed, Lord. No blindness, no deafness, no lameness, no heart disease in heaven, Lord God. Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Father. Lord, heal the sick, Lord. Heal them, Lord God, Father. Heal them today, Father God, Lord. Those that have been praying for a breakthrough financially, Lord, may they sow seeds of blessing, Lord God, in other people's lives, believing, God, that you're going to bless them back father in the name of jesus lord those that have been praying for uh freedom lord god from bondage in their life god lord today god set them free lord god set them free lord jesus lord thank you lord god that god you are a prayer answering god Lord, we thank you for the stories, Lord. We thank you for the many stories, Lord, that we're hearing through 40 days of prayer, God. Lord, I believe, Lord God, that you're true to your word, Lord God. And when we come together, where two or three are gathered together in your name, Lord, you are in our midst, Lord God. And Lord God, you answer prayer, Father God. Lord, we thank you that you hear the cries of the righteous, Lord, and your eyes roam to and fro, Lord, seeking those that you may uphold, Lord, those that love you, Lord God. And I is not seen nor ear is heard nor is it entered into the heart of man what God is preparing for those who love him Lord God thank you for this morning Lord thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit that speaks to us today Father God thank you for the person of the Holy Spirit that prays through us Lord God and we ask today that you would bless this sermon in the name of Jesus I pray and everyone said amen and amen can you get a few lights on so people can watch and Read their word together. Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray. Everybody say, always pray. That they should always pray and not give up. They should always pray, everybody say, and not give up. Say, I will not give up praying. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about people. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time, 
he refused. But finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night, who cry, who pray to him day and night? Everybody say day and night. Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? This morning, I want to continue our series entitled 40 Days of Prayer. Last week, I was speaking at a conference, and Pastor Tony did a phenomenal job. Come on, give it up for Pastor Tony. He did an incredible job in talking about broken prayer and how we come to God in our brokenness and God meets us there. Come on, somebody say amen. But it's been a, a marvelous journey. I, I believe with all my heart when people begin to pray together, God does something. And we've been hearing some incredible stories. And I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you to show up this Wednesday night. Show up this Wednesday night. We're going to be having a prayer meeting to cap off the 40 days to celebrate. And if you've got a story, you've got a God story, bring it with you. We're going to ask you to share it real quick. But we're going to pray. I believe that God gave me a vision that at the end of 40 days, some giants are going to come down. You know, I, I saw in Samuel when, when David was actually confronting the giant that it says after 40 days of the giant, after 40 days of the giant taunting the Israelites, God said, I had enough. I believe that God's going to say that for some of you. After 40 days of praying and seeking God, God's going to say, I heard them cry. I heard their cries from the first day they prayed. I've had enough. I'm sending the miracle. Come on, somebody say amen. Glory to God. I'm sending the provision. I'm sending the breakthrough in their life. Now, we talked about prayer being a privilege. We talked about prayer being a provision that God has given us so that no matter what we're going through in our life, we can pray in the peace of God that passes all understanding. will guard our hearts and our mind in Christ Jesus. We talked about prayer being something powerful in our life, and we talked about the promises that come along with prayer in our life. But this morning, I want to talk to you about the prayer of prevailing. The prayer of prevailing. You see, we also discovered that God has given us the Holy Spirit to energize our prayer so that the Holy Spirit would pray through us. As the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses when we don't know how to pray, when we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit intercedes or prays for us and through us. This morning, I want to talk to you about how the Holy Spirit helps us to prevail in prayer. In other words, we've got to learn how to pray until the miracle becomes a reality. Come on. We've got to learn how to pray until we get the breakthrough. We've got to learn how to pray until the answer comes. We've got to learn how to pray so that we can see the victory in every situation. The Bible says that God will finish the work that he started within us. There's victory on the way. We've got to believe that. We've got to pray until the victory comes, until we experience what God wants us to experience 
experience in our life. You see, I am convinced there's a lot of people that don't experience the fullness of God in their life. They don't experience what God wants them to experience in their life because they give up before the miracle comes. They give up on their marriage before God can restore their marriage. They give up on their family. They give up on that healing. They give up on that provision in their life. Why? Because they get discouraged and they stop praying. And listen, you can't get your prayers answered unless you pray them and keep praying them. And that's where Jesus says to his disciples, you need to pray and never stop praying. You need to have that tenacious attitude like that widow who said, I'll keep on coming. He denied me today, but tomorrow I'll show up at seven o'clock in the morning and I'll keep on showing up every day until I wear down the judge until he gives me what I I came for and I want you to know today that this is a how much more this is a story about a wicked judge versus a wonderful judge this is a story about a wicked leader versus a wonderful God and God says how much more will your heavenly father who's a just judge who's a loving judge who's a caring concerning judge how much more will he give you what you need if you keep on asking and you don't give up. You see, there's a reason why we need to keep on asking, and we're going to talk about that in a few moments. Notice what the Bible says. He says, there is a prayer. Jesus says, there is a prayer that brings breakthrough. There is a prayer that touches heaven and reaches earth. There's a prayer that changes us so that we can change things. There's a prayer where we can receive the miracle that we've been praying for. There is a prayer that is persistent. There is a prayer that is determined. There is a prayer that is not to be denied. It's the prayer of a mother who keeps on praying till their son comes into the kingdom. It's a prayer of a wife who keeps on praying for a backslidden husband, who keeps on praying, who keeps on crying out to God. It's a prayer of a person who knows by his stripes we've been healed and keeps on praying till the miracle of healing happens. It's a prayer that says, God, I'm going to give. I'm going to give to you, Lord. I'm going to keep on tithing. I'm going to keep on giving. Why? Because the Bible says give and it shall be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together and running over. Did you know that Bethlehem Assembly of God has given over $13 million to missions to build churches around the world? You know why? I'm going to tell you why. Because you see, I have a need. We have a need to build a big building here. You know what? We've given away more money than we've kept for this building. But you see, I believe payday's coming. I believe it with all my heart. I believe that a miracle's coming. Coming. I believe that a miracle is coming. I believe that a miracle is coming so that we can build our building. Why? Because I keep on being faithful to what God told me to do. And I know that when I know the, the word of God and I know the promises of God and when I'm obedient to that, I don't demand it. I just expect it. Come on, somebody. It's different from demanding something from God. I don't demand anything from God. He's the king. But I do expect because I know his promises. You see, when it comes to prevailing prayer, number one, you got to know the promises of God. You got to know that they're there. 
There's a lot of people that are living like paupers in the kingdom of God because they're ignorant. And the Bible says, my people perish for their lack of knowledge. And they don't know the promises of God, so they can't claim the promises of God. They can't stand on the promise of God. They can't fight with the promise of God because they don't know the promises of God in their life. So when you know the promises of God, then you know what the will of God is. And when you know what the will of God is, then you can pray until the answer comes. You see, God only answers one kind of prayer, the prayer that is his will. And Jesus said, let your will be done, Lord, not the kind of will that is not aligned with your word, but let your will, the same thing that happens in heaven, let it happen on earth. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So listen, if you know what the will of God is, you lock in and you keep on praying till the answer comes. Let me say that again. Write that down. If I know the will of God, I lock in and I keep on praying till the answer comes because it's the will of God. God is not a liar. He cannot lie. He does not make promises that he will not keep. It might be a different timing and we're going to talk about that. But God when he makes a promise, he keeps his promise. See, prevailing prayer is bold prayer. Prevailing prayer is persistent, stubborn, steadfast, tireless, insistent, determined prayer. James calls it, listen what James says. James says the effectual, fervent prayer. Everybody say effectual. The effectual, fervent. What does it mean to pray with fervency? It doesn't mean that you pray and say, well, you know what? If it happens, it happens. No, no, no. Effectual, fervent prayer says, Lord, I know that your word says that by your stripes I am healed. I'm going to keep on praying till I get healed. I know your word says that if I believe, my household will come into the kingdom of God. I know your word says that my house is separated and sanctified. So therefore, I can pray for that son. I can pray for that daughter. And I can pray with effectual, fervent prayer. I know, Lord God, that you're going to provide all my needs according to your riches and glory. I know, Lord, there's a peace that passes all understanding. I know there's a joy in the Holy Spirit. I know that you want me to live a victorious life. I know you want me to overcome sin in my life so I can pray with boldness. I can pray with effectual, fervent prayer, believing that the answer is on its way. Come on. Did I come to the right church today? He prayed earnestly, the Bible said, that it would not rain and it did not rain according to the word of God in James. It says that Elijah prayed earnestly. When's the last time you prayed earnestly? When's the last time you prayed with earnest? Earnestly before the Lord, determined to receive a miracle. You see, I believe there are miracles that are not being realized because we haven't prayed it through. We haven't prayed long enough. We haven't prayed strong enough. We haven't prayed forcefully enough. We haven't prayed until it's come through. In fact, blind Bartimaeus is an illustration of that. I love this story. Blind Bartimaeus is on the roadside, and he hears that Jesus is coming to town. And now he hears the crowd, and he notices, even though he cannot see, that Jesus is there. And he starts to scream out, Son of David, have mercy on me. 
Son of David, have mercy on me. And they tried to shut him up. They said, don't bother the master. But he cried out even louder. And the Bible says that he caught Jesus' attention. And Jesus comes to blind Bartimaeus, and he gives him what he was crying out for. And I want you to know sometimes you need to cry out even louder. You need to be more earnest in prayer. And if you get tired, tap into the power of the Holy Spirit, and he'll give you what you need. Come on, somebody. I want you to just raise your hands right now and close your eyes right now. Raise your hands and close your eyes with me right now. And I want you to say, God, give me an earnestness in prayer. God, give me a determination in prayer. God, give me a boldness in prayer. God, I'm not arrogant. I'm humble, but I want to be bold, Lord God. God, give me an, a, a determination to pray through until the answer comes. Come on, somebody. The woman with the issue of blood, she kept on pressing in until the answer came. But you, but, but you might say, why does God make prayer so difficult? Why, is it, why should it be so difficult to pray it through? Why do I have to pray so hard? Why do I have to pray with such fervency? Why is it that I, I can't get my prayers answered the first time I pray? Why do we have to fight so much in prayer? Why does God make us wait so long in prayer? Have, 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 have any of you in this room had to wait a long time for an answer? Let me see your hands. That's all of us in this room. Yes. Why do we have to struggle so much in prayer? There have been times when I prayed prayer one time and God answered it. And then there have been times when I've been praying and praying and praying. In fact, I'm still praying for my wife's total healing and I'm not giving up. I, I will never give up praying for my wife's healing. Because by his stripes, we are healed. Amen? Now, again, I, let me say this to you. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. And you might not like this. But the truth is, God sometimes heals on this side of earth. And sometimes he heals on the other side of eternity. But he always heals the sick. Always. If you're a believer, you're born again, the promise that you have is by his stripes, you have been healed. Physically, mentally, relationally, spiritually, in every way, you've entered into a covenant. Now, we know, Paul the Apostle tells us, that our bodies groan, wanting to see the full redemption of the adoption of our sonship and, and, and being who we are in Christ. And so I, I don't get crazy and caught up about timing. That's up to God. But I'm going to tell you something. Every born-again believer gets healed. Come on, somebody. Might not be on this side, but they're going to get healed. But why not believe God wants to do it on this side to bring him glory and honor? Amen? So why did Jesus tell his disciples, we're going to have to keep on praying? Why did he say keep on believing? Why did he say keep on seeking? Why did he say keep on asking? Why did he say keep on knocking till the answer comes? This morning, I want to give you three quick reasons why you must keep praying and never give up. Write this down in your prayer journal. Write it down somewhere. Number one, the first reason we need to keep on praying and never give up is because God always has a perfect timing for everything. Listen to me. God is not on your timetable. And that's really critical. Because especially American Christians, turn to your neighbor and say, you're an American Christian and you're spoiled. You're an American Christian and you're spoiled. I didn't see that role right there. You see that role that Frank is in right there, Frank? I didn't see you guys turn around and say anything to each other. So you're going to have to practice now with me. All right? 
turn to your neighbor again and say, you're an American Christian and you're spoiled. Only in America. Only in America. We pull up to McDonald's and we want a coffee in 30 seconds. Only in McDonald's we want everything drive-through. We want it done fast. Now, how many know fast food is not good for you? That's why they call it fast food. There's something wrong with it. If it's too fast, it's not healthy. Hello? It probably lacks the nutrients. It probably lacks the things that you need. We need a slow cooking meal for mama from home. Because it's got vegetables. It's got beans, cannelloni beans, pasta, fazool. Hey, listen to me. I was at a picnic last week, and somebody made me. I'm not kidding you. Rasta fazool. Pasta, I'm so glad you're here. I made you Rasta Fazul. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Bless her heart. But, you know, there's something about a slow-cooked meal. It's healthy. But we want everything fast. And, and we want God to answer our prayer fast. Because we don't want to wait. We want it now. Because that's um, the American way of thinking. We get it now. We want it now. We get it now. We don't have the money. We, we pull out our credit card and we put it on credit. But God's timetable is not our timetable. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 says, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. Come on. you got to get on God's timetable. You got to learn how to wait on the Lord. You know, there are some times when I'm really hungry and I get tempted. I'm like, hon, let's just stop at McDonald's, you know. She's like, no, I'll go home and cook you a meal. And when I eat the meal at home, I think, oh, thank God that I waited for the meal. I don't know about you, but I don't like to wait when I'm hungry. I want to eat right away. And I'm tempted to get the first thing and shove it in my mouth, but I know it's not healthy for me. We got to get on God's timetable. We always want everything right away, our way, in our time. Now, I think of the story of Abraham and Sarah. God gives Abraham a promise. God gives Sarah a promise. But they become impatient, listen to me, with God's timing. They got the promise, but now they have to wait. And so they become impatient with God's timing. So they want to speed things up. Have you ever tried to speed something up that wasn't supposed to be sped up? It's kind of like the rice that you want to cook and you want to try to speed it up, right? It doesn't work out very well when you try to speed some things up. Some things cannot be sped up. And if you do it, you spoil the whole thing. Some meals are not meant to be sped up. They got to slow cook. My wife makes barbecue ribs. I'm telling you. Famous Dave's has nothing on famous Lisa. I'm telling you. My wife makes the best. They fall. Uh, man, somebody else preached. I need to go get me some more. I mean, they fall off the rib, the bone. I mean, it's just amazing. And you know what? She puts it in the oven in the morning. 
and she bakes these ribs for about four hours. But it's worth the wait. Because it's all amazing. And see, we got to get on God's timetable. Listen to me. God has given us a promise. He has given you a promise for your marriage. He's given you a promise for your children. He's given you a promise for healing and restoration. But we need not to grow weary. We need to learn how to wait on the Lord. To learn how to wait on his timing. Now, waiting doesn't mean you don't do anything about what's going on in your life. It means you continue to be obedient. You continue to go to counseling. You continue to do the things. You continue to read the word. You continue to pray. You continue to ask God. You ask, you knock, you seek, you keep on asking. So waiting doesn't mean inactivity. It means you keep on doing the last thing that God told you to do so that you can be ready and positioned for the miracle when it comes. Somebody say amen, glory to God. See, you got to keep on trusting in God's plan. He said, I know the plans I have for you. He knows the plans. You got to keep on trusting in God's wisdom because his wisdom is so much higher than our wisdom for the foolishness of God, the Bible says, is wiser than human wisdom and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. And then we've got to think about God's ability. God is able to do far more exceedingly and above anything that we could ask or think or imagine. And then there's God's timing. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. There's a time for everything. Everybody say, there's a time for everything. Say it again. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the sun or under heaven. God brings us through seasons in our life. Here's what I've learned. I've learned that my life is filled with different seasons. And for every season, there's a reason. And for every level, there's a devil. But there are seasons in my life. And, and the season that God has me in determines how quickly he's going to answer my prayer. The season that I'm in is going to determine what God is going to have to do in my life. Sometimes there's a season, listen to me, of fruitfulness, right? The season of harvest where, man, everything starts popping off the vine, and then you're eating and you're, you're feeling good. But then there's a, a time of planting. Then there's a time of waiting. Then there's a time of pruning. There's a time of cutting away, snipping away. We don't like the pruning, do we? Come on, somebody. How many of you like prunes? How many of you like to be pruned? How many of you like to be cut away? How many of you like to be disciplined? How many of you like to be uh, disciplined by the Lord? How many of you like to be disciplined so you can grow more? Hey, listen, I've been in, I, for the last couple of weeks, I've been in physical therapy. I got this pain in my back. And it hasn't gone away in three months. And so I said, you know what, let me go check it out. Went to the orthopedic. The orthopedic said, go to the physical therapist. I prayed about it. I prayed. I said, oh, God, please heal me of this, right? And so I, I end up going to the physical therapist, and he happens to be a Christian. And he says to me, he says, this is amazing. He says to me, Pastor Steve, he said, we never knew each other before this. He said, but I believe. 
that God has allowed you to have that pain so that you can meet me, I can meet you, because God is up to something. So I go in his office every time we go to physical therapy, and we pray together for his business, and we pray for the people. And I've been already sharing the Lord with one of the people there, inviting her to church. And I thought to myself, Lord, you could have did it a different way, Lord God. I could have I met him in a restaurant. I didn't have to meet him with pain in my back, right? But God has a reason for every season in our life. And so I received that. It doesn't mean that I, I'm not praying for my healing any longer. I, but I'm seeing the work of God. And if I would have gotten discouraged because I kept on praying and saying, God, heal me, God, heal me, God, heal me. Why are you not heal me? And if I gave up instead of keep on praying and saying, not my will, your will be done, Lord God. Your timing, Lord, not my timing. Your will, not my will, Lord God. And when I walked into that office, I realized I knew God was up to something big and he wanted to use me listen to me the pain is going to go away why because the doctor's working on me dr jesus is working on me and dr corian is working on me and they're both praying for me at the same time but you know what he realized he said you got a lot of other problems with your back that i need to fix and i would have never known that he said you've got terrible posture and you got to start standing up straight he goes because when you get older you're going to have a real problem with your back. He said, so I'm going to work you out. Listen to me. I went there. They stretched me like a pretzel. Oh, my goodness. I walked away. I told the two, two guys that were working with me, let me tell you something, guys. I've never had so much pain till I walked into this office. I'm in more pain today than I was when I first started. And you know what? I, I'm tempted to give up. No, this is too painful. But the doctor said, no, 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 no. The reason why you're so much pain is because you couldn't even touch your toes before we, when you got here. You could, I couldn't touch my toes. I could not do this when I went to the physical therapist. I was like, over here. He goes, wow, you are so tight. We got to work on that. Now I'm free. Hallelujah. I feel good. But you, you understand, God is at work. You see, because the second reason why we need to keep on praying and never give up is because God is doing a work of character in our life. And if he gives us what we ask for before the work is done, we're never going to get mature in the Lord. Wow, wow, wow. Please, God, give me that right now. You know, some of us are baby Christians, and we get angry at God when God doesn't give us what we ask for when we ask for it. Just like my little, my little Ellie. I love Ellie. I love Ellie. But when she wants ice cream, she wants it now. But she can't have ice cream until she eats her food. And James tells us that God is doing a work. God wants to do a work of character in our life. And so sometimes he doesn't answer our prayer right away because there's something much more important in our life than even our physical healing. 
There's something much more important in our life than God answering our financial prayer. There's a character issue that needs to be developed in our life, and it will only happen as we get determined to hold on to God. And sometimes God has to strip everything away from us. Sometimes God's got to get us to the desperation point to say, God, I am so desperate, Lord. God, the pain is so bad in my life, God. Lord, the situation is so dire in my life, Lord God that I'm not going to play God any longer. I'm not going to play God with timing. I'm not going to play God with your will. Lord, I give up. I surrender. I'm reminded of the story in the Bible of Jacob. God gives Jacob a promise. In fact, before Jacob even knew it, God gave, Jacob, uh, gave, God gave Jacob's parents a promise. What was the promise? That the younger would lord over the older. That Jacob would be the recipient of the promise of God that Jacob would be the recipient of the birthright of the firstborn. How is that going to happen? Well, listen what happens. Jacob, the name Jacob means surplanter. Jacob had a character flaw in his life. So listen, he's got the promise, but now he's going to help God out. He's got the promise. Abraham had the promise. They had to help God out. Jacob had to help God out. I want the promise and I want it now. And I want it on my terms. So what does Jacob do? He deceives his brother. I don't, I, can't, I don't have time to go into the whole story, but you know the story. Esau, he's hungry. Jacob steals the birthright from Esau. Do you think that God wanted him to do it that way? Do you think that God wanted Jacob to be a deceiver? I believe that God was going to do it his way. Jacob decided to do it his own way. Because he was a supplanter. His wife lied. He lied. And then they weren't satisfied with that. Because, listen, they figured out we could keep on lying and get what we want, right? And so the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So Jacob's mom teaches him how to deceive. And now he goes into Isaac and, and he deceives his father again. Do you think that God is into lying? I think the Bible says thou shalt not lie, right? So do you think that God was really pleased with the way that Jacob stole his father's blessing? Listen, you don't have to steal your father's blessing. You don't have to steal your father's blessing. You just got to wait for his timing. You don't have to get involved in trying to make it happen. You got to wait, wait on the Lord. Be patient on the Lord. The answer is coming. But Jacob, he's a surplanter. So he steals his father's blessing. Esau has had it with his brother. Esau says, this time, listen, I let him get away with it the first time. This time, I'm going to kill him. And so Jacob runs. What does he do? He runs into Laban's arms. And what happens? Laban is worse than him. And Laban gives him a lesson on deception, right? And now Jacob is almost at the end of himself. And the Bible says that Jacob leaves. And as he leaves, he takes his family. He takes his wives. And he hears that Esau is on his way. And so Jacob Again, he starts to get afraid, and as a result of that, he's got to come up with an idea. He comes up on an idea. Let's get some gifts. Let's give Esau some gifts. Maybe we'll pacify Esau. And the Bible says right there at Penel, I love this. The Bible says, and Jacob sends his family away, and Jacob is all alone. That's a powerful moment in everybody's life. 
when we're all alone. Just you and God. No one else. You can't blame it on your mother. You can't blame it on your father. You know how many times we want to blame all of our dysfunctions on our parents? Come on. Come on. My father, he didn't say I love you a hundred times. That's why I have this dysfunction in my life. I get it. There are some pains. We get all of that. But there comes a point in all of our lives when we got to give up the excuses when we're all by ourselves and we've got to realize that it's you and God. It's you and God. Because listen, when you stand before God, because I know people say there's so many hypocrites in the church and, oh, the pastor did this and this one did that. And when you get to heaven, friends, when you stand before God, Pastor Steve's not going to be standing with you. Nobody's going to be standing with you. You're going to be standing alone with God. And you will give an account for your life before God for what you did, not for what your father did, not for what your mother did, not for anyone else, not for what your pastor did. You will give an account for what you did before God one day. Come on. It's a powerful time in all of our lives when we're all alone before God. And the Bible says at that moment, Jacob was all alone, and he's thinking to himself, how am I going to get out of this mess? And an angel of the Lord comes around him and tackles him and begins to wrestle with him. And somewhere between the wrestling, Jacob recognizes this is not a thief. This is not somebody trying to mug me for my rebox. This is an angel from the Lord. This is God. This is God wrestling with me. Have you ever wrestled with God? This is God coming down, wrestling. Come on, Jacob. You think you're a big man? You think you can do it by yourself? You think you can steal the blessing on your own? You think you can do it with your own wisdom, with your own knowledge? Now you're all by yourself. And your brother, he's coming. He's a lot bigger. He's a lot stronger. And he can take you down. But God begins to wrestle with Jacob. And the Bible says somewhere in the middle of the night, Jacob recognizes there's something wrong inside. And and he says, God, I'll not let you go until you change me. God, I'll not let you go until you bless me. And the angel said, Jacob, what's your name? Jacob, what's your name? Jacob, what's your name? And Jacob said, God, I'm a thief. I'm a liar. I'm a robber. And God said, now I can give you your blessing. Why? Because now you've come out of denial and you confessed who you are. And now I can bless you. Hallelujah. And on that day the Bible says that God said Jacob your name is no longer Jacob but it's Israel I'm going to do a character change and transformation in your life hallelujah so if the answer has not come you've been praying some of you have been praying for your marriage oh God touch that husband of mine He's such a heathen. Oh, he's, he's such a bad dude. And God's saying, no, 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 no. You and I have to wrestle because you can't see you're part of the problem. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, God, touch my boss. Oh, oh, he's so mean. God said, no, 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 no. We got to do some wrestling. I got to show you what's inside of you. I got to show you. 
There's some character stuff inside of you. So if you haven't gotten your answer to prayer, go deeper in God. Say, God, what am I missing, God? Show me, Lord. Sometimes you're not missing anything. But all too often, listen to me, God makes us wait because he wants to show us. He wants to change us. Let me tell you something. The most powerful times in my life have not been the times where God just blessed me instantly. It was the times when I had to fight for it. When I had to believe God for it. When I had to get on my knees and say, God, Lord, I'm desperate for you, God. Lord, I'm at the end of my rope, God. Lord, and I realize there are some character defects in my life, God. And, Lord, I recognize that you have humbled me. You have gotten me to this point where I am so low, where I'm flat on my back, that the only thing I can depend on, the only one I can look up to is you, God. Listen, get ready, because when you're at that point, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Your miracle is on its way. Hallelujah. And lastly, quickly, the third reason why we need to keep on praying and pressing in it's because there is an unseen war that is going on for your husband, that is going on for your children. Man, sometimes we look at our husband, sometimes we look at our wife, sometimes we look at our children, and we wonder what's wrong, but we don't see behind all of that. There is an unseen war. As the Bible says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds, and there is a spiritual war for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities in high places. Therefore, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles and schemes of the enemy. Let me tell you, there's something behind all of it. It's the enemy. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy the church. And I want you to know sometimes God's got to pull the curtain back and show you it's the enemy and you've got to deal with the enemy differently. You've got to deal with him with the full armor of God. You've got to put on that armor and you've got to get on your knees and you've got to battle with the devil and you've got to say, devil, you'll not have my family. I'll keep on praying. I'll keep on believing. Hallelujah. But I'm going to keep on pressing in and I'm going to keep on driving. Why? Because the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Woo. This is the first service. I'm just getting heated up. Can you imagine by the third? I hope I don't poop out. Do you poop out at parties? You need Vita Vija Vedajaman. Daniel, he needs a vision. He's got to see something. Something's going wrong in Israel. And he says, God, what is it? Israel is a mess. The people of Israel are a mess. I need a revelation. I need a word from God. The Bible says, if any man lacketh wisdom, then ask of God. James says, when you're going through trials in your life, God's doing a work. He says, but you need a word from God. You need wisdom. Why are you going through this? Is it a timing issue? Is it a character issue? Or is it a demon issue? Every level. As a devil. So show me. 
And Daniel, the Bible says he commits himself to pray and fast for 21 days. And the Bible says he eats no delightful food, nothing like the Daniel fast we have today. No delightful food. He didn't drink anything that was delightful for 21 days. He prayed and he fasted. 40 days, Bethlehem Assembly God, praying, seeking God, joining together, fasting, asking God to do miracles. 21 days. On the 21st day, the Bible says the angel comes to Daniel and says, Daniel, from the first day that you began to pray, God heard your prayer. Don't you ever believe the lie that God does not hear your prayer. Don't you ever believe the lie that God's ears are not open to the cries of the righteous. From the first day, God heard your prayer. But I was detained by the prince of Persia. There's territorial demons, territorial wickedness in high places. He said, for 21 days I fought and the archangel Michael came and helped me. And now here comes the answer. Friend, I want to tell you, don't give up. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing for your breakthrough. Because your breakthrough will come. It may be in, 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 a, in a couple of years from now. No, nobody knows the timing. But don't stop praying. Because God is doing a greater work in your life than that of even giving you what you want. And that is he's doing a work of character in your life. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall soar. They shall mount up with wings and soar. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and never faint. Men ought to pray and never faint. I want to tell you, a, I want you to hear a story of a couple who prayed. I want to tell you, I know this couple for a long time. And I have watched them pray. I have watched them pray Sunday after Sunday after Sunday night, Wednesday night, having prayer meetings in their home for their children. They never stopped praying. And something happened in the course of all their praying. They went through a dark night of the soul. But God was faithful. I want you to hear this story. Because I want you to be encouraged. God answers effectual, fervent prayer. The answer is on its way. Noel and Alicia, would you come and share your story? As they're sharing their story, I'd like the worship team to come. And Anthony, I'd like you to play a little bit in the background because it makes the anointing come a little strong. Come. Let's give it up for them. Come on. Good morning, family. God bless you this morning. What a powerful word this morning. Amen? God, listen, God is good. And his mercies are new every day unto us. This is our story. Three years ago, I decided to retire after 42 years at NYU Medical Center. I had been feeling extremely tired 
at the end of each week. I prayed about this decision. My wife agreed. All the paperwork was completed with, without any difficulty. I started to pray that God will direct our lives going forward. Well, as many of you know, life doesn't always go as we wish. I started to feel strange. My wife started to notice slight jerks of my head and twitching of my hands. I started to feel distant from my family and friends and even my church family. I started to feel, I, I, I thought maybe because I had just retired, I was depressed. The slight behavior changes continue. My hands were restless. I would ask her how to spell simple words because I could not remember. My handwriting became very poor. I would forget what I was supposed to pick up at the store on errands. After a few times, my wife lost me in the, malls, in the mall. She decided it was time to see a doctor. The primary doctor ran every possible test, including Lyme disease and tests for toxic chemicals. He found no medical reason for the condition. He recommended that I should see a psychiatrist, and I did. The psychiatrist ran a battery of tests and noticed the decline of cognitive skills. The language and math skills were deteriorating quickly. After months of testing, she recommended a neurologist. The neurologist continued testing. He gathered information from MRIs, EEGs, as well as a PET scan. The neurologist continued Sorry, he determined this was more than depression. He diagnosed frontal temporal lobe dementia, or FTD. FTD is a progressive disease. The person continues to gradually decline in behavior, language, movement, and an apathy of emotions. We decided to get a second, third, and fourth opinion. Finally, we decided to stay with the fifth opinion. There were groups of three doctors, a neurologist, a psychiatrist, and a, ge and a geriatric primary doctor. Together, they would follow the illness progression with intervals of every six months. I have been given a death sentence. We cried upon hearing this final diagnosis. How quickly we forget what God has done and who he is. During this time, I didn't want to see anyone. I didn't want to visit my family, friends, the church family, and even my granddaughters.
I became a danger to myself. Talk about living on the edge. My wife houseproofed our, our home. Knives were hidden. I would yell. I would talk to myself. I refused to leave the house. I was losing my mind slowly. I noticed through all this time, my wife would continue to help me through the low points. She would remind me that I am a child of God. That no weapon formed against us would prevail. I heard it, but I didn't want to believe it. Pride set in my heart. I kept asking, why? Why me? I've done all I needed to do. I've been a good provider. Why me? I read many times that our ways are not his ways, but it wasn't sinking in my heart. Although, all through this time, my family, friends, church families, and neighbors were praying for us. I just didn't want to, and I just want to say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your prayers. Every call, every card that was sent, my wife continued to pray and praise God, even though few knew of the pain she was living with. I know that the word of God says, there is pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning. Psalms 35, 30 verse 5. And it came, well, it took almost three years to come. Five months ago, I returned to my six-month follow-up. My neurologist ran his, his battery of tests. He thought something was very wrong. I did extremely well in the evaluations, much better than the three previous visits. He requested a second PET scan. Three days later, we get a call at 8 30 at night very few doctors call at that late that late he told my wife the scan was clear he couldn't explain it he wanted to share with his colleagues to get their opinions two nights later he calls back to state there is no evidence of FTD. The brain is clear. Just two weeks ago, I was given clearance from two doctors. In their words, I have been graduated. They are astonished because scientifically, it cannot be explained. They confess they have not seen this happen before. My joy is back. 
a desire of things of God is back. Mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, I have been whole. Doctors can't explain it, but I know that God is a healer and a restorer. Why? How? I can't explain. But in the words of the young blind man in John 9.25, one thing I know, I was blind, but now I see. I was sick, but now I'm healed. To God, to God be the glory. Family, family, don't lose hope. Continue to pray. Your miracle, your miracle, your miracle, it's on its way. God bless you. aware of the misconceptions that hide deep within us. I know I wasn't aware of some misconceptions I had. They were brought to light throughout the last three years of my life when my world came to a halt. For almost a year, no one could seem to figure out what was happening to my husband. After every possible test and the evaluations of five neurologists, two psychiatrists, two medical doctors, finally he was diagnosed. He was diagnosed with frontal temporal lobe dementia, or FTD. It has no cure, no treatment, and no medicine is presently available. It affects speech, cognitive reasoning, and motor skills. We were sent home to get our home in order. I was to become head of household, as well as his advocate and health proxy. The doctors would just continue to monitor him every six months. The first initial reaction for me was shock and disbelief. And so my journey with hidden misconceptions began. First misconception I discovered was that this couldn't be happening to me. I've been a good Christian since my youth. As these thoughts would surface, at first I wouldn't dare to speak them out. But soon they resurface with such anger. In retrospect, I see myself acting like the second son in the prodigal's son story. I was questioning my heavenly father about why me? I've served you, Lord. I knew the scriptures. I could quote them. In this world we have trouble, but take heart I have overcome. John 16:33. But I felt I should have been spared of this difficult trial. I was a child of God. How could this happen to me? This anger turned to a cry of, it's not fair. We had just retired. It wasn't supposed to go this way. Although I knew God, I started to feel abandoned by him. 
thank God for the discipline of reading the scriptures that I have because as I continue to read the words and struggle with these doubts and anger, I came across the story of Hagar one day. And the words, you are the God that sees, Genesis 16, 13, caught my attention. These words stood out and they brought such comfort to my soul. I also came across the story of Leah when she says, the Lord has seen my misery in Genesis 29:32. The sense of abandonment, of isolation from God began to disappear. I started to sense his love, his compassion, his mercy toward me. He saw me. He knew me. He would be with me. He was for me. As the months turned into a year, I battled with making a choice in how to proceed. This was not going away. Noel's speech deteriorated severely. I couldn't understand him. His motor skills were weakening. At times, he couldn't even get into the car. His legs would not obey the lift command. We used to be runners. Now he could barely walk a mile. I battled with the need to accept the present situation we were in. Would I let anger turn into bitterness? One day as I was walking in the park, the story of the three Hebrew young men came to mind. In Daniel 3, 17 through 18, the young men had to decide, would they abandon their faith if God didn't come through? Or would they choose to worship him in spite of the outcome? Throughout the next two years, I chose to accept where God had allowed me to be. And even though I didn't like being in this place, I was going to love God, I was gonna to continue to serve God, and I was gonna to continue to seek God. At this time, although the situation with Noel didn't change, it actually got worse, my focus became God. I started to delve even deeper into the word and to, I continued to pray. A deeper faith and hope got a hold of me. I couldn't explain it, but there was a sense of peace in my heart in spite of all the craziness that was happening around me. Every six months, the doctors would reiterate the same message. It's a progressive illness. Find the case study for him to participate for further research. There is nothing much that we can do. So we took part in a FTD research at Columbia University last year. They confirmed all we already knew. But instead of hopelessness, faith kept rising in me. I felt God was not finished with us yet. I didn't understand it. The whys, the hows, the whens, the whats, but he wasn't done with us. I felt it in my spirit. In spite of the bad doctor reports, I came across the scripture that carried me the rest of the way. It's found in Psalm 71, 20 through 24. And that's the scripture that I stood on. Though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again. I didn't know how God would do it, but I knew that I knew in my heart that he was going to do something good. 
And so my final misconception that God is limited by our human comprehension came to an end. Our God is still a miracle worker. Our God is not limited by man, by science, or even the cosmos. I kept reminding my husband, whose report are you going to believe? <clears throat> There's an old chorus that reminds us to believe in the report of the Lord. And so we face day by day, not knowing what the future was going to bring, but trusting that God was with us, God was for us, and victory would be ours here on earth or in heaven. One way or another, we would be fine. I'm grateful for the family of God. His church was so instrumental in our ability to stand. We received cards, prayers, and countless offers of help. My favorite were the prayers that were left on our answering machine. The cards continued to come until just a week ago. Thank you for every card and every prayer to the church. Encourage those that are facing trials in the family of God. Spare them the Christian cliches. Instead, let them know that you are praying for them. Send them a card when you think of them. This will remind them they are thought of and they are not alone. A hug that is genuine can do more than words. So next time, just give them a hug and remember to pray for them because God can do beyond your expectations. And to our family here at Bethlehem, believe. Believe it or not, God's not finished with us or with you. The trials of life bring out impurities and misconceptions that we're not even aware of. Let God do the work in you. And remember that we're a masterpiece in the making, and none of us are finished yet. Let's pray. I don't know about you, that they just absolutely wrecked me in a good way. Let's pray together. Oh, God. I want to tell you why I'm so deeply moved, because I know them so well. Noel and Alicia Ruiz have been in this church for 25 years. They started coming when I first became the pastor. And you talk about faithfulness. Even when Noel was going through the situation in his life, Alicia would sit right there in the corner right there every Sunday morning. She'd be here. No matter what, never give up. Never give up. Always pray. I, I walk in the park, exercise in the park, and I would see Alice in the park, and I knew what she was doing. She was praying. She was seeking God. Three things with your head bowed. One, you say, Pastor, I'm just in this waiting period. I've been praying, but I'm losing patience. And I need to wait on God. I need to say, God, I trust you, Lord. And I believe, God, that you have 
the perfect timing for everything in my life and the lives of people that I love and I'm willing to trust in your timing if that's you this morning I want you to stand to your feet and say yes Lord I'm willing to trust you in your timing stand to your feet two two God I know there's still work to be done in my life and Lord I know that it's easy to praise you it's easy to preach to other people it's easy to tell other people what to do when I'm not going through the the most difficult season of my life friends it's so easy to point fingers at other people it's so easy to judge other people when we're not going through it but when God allows us to go through it he breaks us of our pride and he shows us that no amount of service in the church no amount of service in the kingdom earns your right to receive a miracle from God and the one thing I picked up from Alice as she was speaking just a few moments ago was is that every one of us have to get to that point in our life where we recognize that we don't earn we don't deserve it's just the mercy of God in our life the grace the grace of God in our life and the deeper the pain the greater the grace the deeper the situation the more desperate hopeless the situation seems the more we rely on God's mercy and his grace but you just know in your heart and I'm going to stand for this one you just know in your heart that there's a deeper work of character that needs to happen in your life and you know that you're in that season of pruning and you're in that season of God doing that work and he's not going to answer it right away but you embrace the work of God in your life you embrace the pruning the disciplines of God in your life you embrace the season in your life because you know that God is going to do something of great character in your life Jacob walked with a lip for the rest of his life to remind him of that day when he wrestled with God and God did not change his circumstance Esau was still coming God changed a man from a liar and a thief a con artist and one who played God to one who said I'm desperate for you to bless me Lord God I can have all the blessings of man but if I don't have your blessing in my life I am nothing you say pastor I want God to do a greater deeper work in my life of character I want you to stand right now that's you in this room stand stand and all of us in this room we should be very aware of the fact that our, our enemy is not our husband our enemy is not our wife our enemy is not our children our enemy is not our pastor our enemy is not the Christian that we're at odds at. our enemy is not our boss our enemy is not this world the enemy is the devil and he seeks whom he may devour but we must stand and say I will not give in to the enemy I will not give in I will have a breakthrough you know the word breakthrough is actually a military term it means that you break through a stronghold it means that there's a 
there's a stronghold there's a there's a great big stronghold of army militant people and you break through that to get to the enemy to the to devour its leader we need to break through those lies and we need to break through the enemy's strongholds and we need to break through the demonic oppression and we need to break the neck of the enemy in our life the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. You say, Pastor, I need to stand. You know what the Bible says? Putting on the full armor of God, then stand. I want you to stand. If that's you, say, I will stand on God's promises. I will stand on God's word. I will stand on my redemption that was bought in Christ I will stand on the mercy of God I will stand on the grace of God and I will step on the head of the enemy and ultimately I will win come on stand to your feet right now say yes Lord how many of you in this room you're waiting for a miracle a breakthrough in your life just raise your hand right now Hallelujah. let's just worship the Lord together all across this place Let's worship the Lord together. Christ Raise your hand, sing it to the Lord. Christ, Christ alone, hallelujah. Cornerstone. You're our cornerstone, Lord God. We depend on you alone, God, not our own ability. Through the storm. Christ alone, sing it with all your heart. Hallelujah. going to call for the prayer counselors and I'd like Noel and Alicia to help us today you're full of faith today so we're going to pray the prayer of faith but Noel and Alicia would you would you grace us and just come and stand in the middle here and but I want the prayer counselors to come and here's how we're going to dismiss the service today if you need a little extra prayer today you say I need somebody to pray with me today 
you can come forward and somebody will pray with you today. You don't have to be someone who doesn't know if you're going to heaven. Just a Christian who could use a brother or sister to pray together. Maybe you're praying through your miracle, praying through your dark season, whatever it is. I'm going to be praying for people as well. I'm going to be standing off to the side. And we're just going to love on you today. We're going to hug on you today. And we're going to pray with you today. We're going to believe God today. Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you for this sermon. Lord, nothing else needs to be said, Lord. We got it. We understand it. God, I pray today that you would bless us, Lord. And as we leave this place today, may we keep on praying and never give up. Because you've got a plan, and it's big. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Love you. Have a great day.